0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about food tracking and and acknowledging some of the things that people can learn from the action of tracking their food for a period of time. What they can take away from that, what they could and should be looking for if you are somebody that's thinking about tracking food or if you're already somebody that's tracking food. And then at the end, I want to talk about how we can kind of adopt this, this flexible dieting type of approach that you kind of see flashed on social media that you've probably heard from maybe myself or other uh, health professionals in the space, people who, um, you know, use tracking as a tool to help their clients or to help people uh, further understand what, what is going on with their food and how much they're eating and everything that comes alongside with you eating in relation to your goals, your health, your performance, your body composition goals. There's just a lot of inputs here. Now I have to take a step back and always add the disclaimer of like, I'm not sitting here saying that every single person listening to this podcast or on the planet needs to track their food for a period of time, if at all, right? Like you are always going to be the person that makes that decision for yourself. And um, I, what I can do is sit up here and talk about maybe the pros, the cons, what to look for. So if you decide to go and do that, you know what you're looking for, right? You're doing it in a positive headspace. You're you're doing it uh, t- to kind of play detective and and um, actually learn from that process instead of using food tracking to to um, you know get you to a place where you're shaming yourself or guilting yourself into um, trying to get to, or you're using it to eat as little as possible and to set boundaries around your food and your nutrition and live in the scarcity mindset. Because as you can see, like food tracking. It's not inherently bad, but it 100% can fuck people up if done in the wrong headspace or, or, or done in a way that um, is maybe less productive than what we could be getting from it, okay? So I just, I, I have to, to add those little disclaimers of like, hey, you know, you might be sitting here thinking like, I will never track or I've already tracked and I'm never going to track again. Like, great. Just hear me out if that's you. Uh, if you've never tracked and you've been curious about what it's the you know what the importance of it is and what you can learn from it, this is the episode for you. Uh, I, w- I want to talk about some of my own experiences when I've tracked my food. I'm still somebody that tracks my food pretty religiously, just given my health goals and the way that I operate and how I choose to handle uh, my business when it comes to my health and fitness. Um, But also what I've seen with my clients, things that I've observed, and some of the commonalities that we've even seen in the literature as well. But I just, I, I can't say it enough. Like, Man, tracking food is not for everybody all the time. Uh, there's different situations, different opportunities that people can use food tracking uh, to really uh, to learn to better understand their food, how much their body needs, what they're consuming, what they're what they've been doing, what they need to change in order to get to where they want to be. And again, I, I get the fact that like. When done and not a very good headspace could lead to things like orthorexia, being fucking scared shitless of food, being afraid to to eat certain types of foods or um, carbs or whatever it might be. There's a lot of experiences out there, unfortunately, that I've seen personally, things that I've helped clients navigate through, right? And uh, just being able to try and course correct and try and fix things that maybe have gone wrong in the past. But yeah, I've, I've beat the point here enough, I think, but I just, I don't want to sit up here and and say that every single person needs to track food. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is for uh, the people who track their food for any amount of time, like there's just a lot to be learned. And I am a coach. I have to, to add this as well, that does use food tracking. All right. i do use food tracking for a handful of reasons. One of them being, I'd like to know what the fuck is going on. Okay. And like somebody tracking food, even if it's for a week, right. And there's, there's a spectrum of food tracking here. Like we'll, we'll talk about some of these, uh, uh, other caveats when it comes to tracking, but tracking, tracking can be done on a spectrum, right? Like you can full on track every macronutrient, every ingredient or, um, every nutrient, every gram of thing that you're eating. Right. There's also the tracking of, like, hey, I'm just gonna literally physically write down what I ate on a piece of paper and I will send that to my coach or somebody who's wanting to get that information. Then there's everything else in between, taking a picture of things, um, loosely tracking, like not weighing everything out in your smoothie necessarily, uh, not weighing out your protein sources, but guessing, right? Like actually, uh, typing it into an app or, or some type of documentation system. So you could look back on later. Um, man, there's, there's just a a big, there's a big spectrum of what it means to track and you know, what we decide to do, what you decide to do, man, might look different from the person, um, sitting next to you, right. Or from what your best friend might do or what I might do. But in general, tracking and just like breaking the seal of like documenting and being able to look back and acknowledge what you're eating throughout the day can be a big step for a lot of people. Okay. And I, I, I'm going to lean this uh, conversation more towards, Hey, we're, we're under the impression that we're going to be tracking in a food so we can look back at metrics, look back at data, look back at nutrient breakdowns of what our days look like. And using that as information to keep things the same change, improve, um, acknowledge and then learn, you know, learn from and then keep going forward from there. But I I use, yeah, I use food tracking personally as a way to just like get an idea of what's going on, what somebody's been doing, what their normal habitual diet, you know, dietary patterns are like. And that helps me as a coach, like help meet you where you're at, right? Like when we sit up here and we just do like a diet recall and you're just naming shit off the top of your head, like of what you ate today or yesterday or last week, I get just, it doesn't do a whole lot for me. It does more than nothing for sure. But, um, food tracking, at least for like a weekend or a week or a month, man, it could just, it could be very enlightening and very telling, uh, uh, and a a really good starting point for us to talk about things and to build on from what you're already doing or not doing. So just from a documentation standpoint, I'm a believer in tracking because it, it helps let your coach know what is going on and what your normal day-to-day routine is like. Um, I also use tracking and, and, and help people track their food because we also, uh, again, depending on the person, this is not everybody, um, but for a large majority of people, when they come to me, they know we're going to be working together. Um, this is something that I want you to expect, right? And, and something that you can expect from me and, and what you can get out of our coaching together is this greater appreciation for what your body actually needs, right? In in eating two targets for a period of time, whether we're trying to you know lose fat, we're trying to uh, eat at maintenance, gain some muscle, eat in a surplus, maybe we're trying to explore our maintenance calorie range, right? Maybe we're trying to hit a certain fiber target throughout the day. Maybe you're not somebody who loves protein, and we're finding ways to get enough protein in every single day, or on average over the course of the week, what your calories look like. There's a lot of things that we can manipulate and kind of uh, uh, change and, and build within your calorie range, within your protein range that we can start to use as, I don't know, strategies to kind of help experiment in the kitchen to try different things to, to get you to a place where you're comfortable and you're competent enough to know what 140 grams of protein looks like in the course of the day, right? Um, just based on your size, your weight, your goal, like w- what it is that you're working towards. These numbers are going to change for everybody um, alongside with like your hydration, um, how much fiber you're going to be eating, how you respond to the foods that you eat. If you have any allergies or intolerances that we need to work around. But at the end of the day, like tracking calories, tracking protein, I always add tracking fiber in here now. Cause I think, I think if we're tracking things, tracking macros, it's not that it's like, <laughs> it's not that it's the end of the world, but it's just, it's not, it's not going to give people, the return on the investment that it takes to do that well sometimes. And what I mean by that is if we're sitting here and we can track to a calorie range based on what we know our goals are, what we want to accomplish, what what we're working towards, we can hit a protein target based on where we're at right now, where we want to be, um, what it takes to just be a generally healthy person meeting your protein needs day to day. Um, I include fiber in that list because fiber is something that man, if you're sitting here and you can think in your head what 25 grams of fiber looks like over the course of the day, like kudos to you. 98% of the population probably is unable to do that, right? Um, But I think that's a good use of our time because the the, um, fiber target that we can hit, again, depending on how much you can or can't tolerate, man, that opens up an opportunity for how can we experiment getting different fruits or vegetables in or different types of grains or complex carbohydrates or getting more lentils and legumes in and being able to to, kind of combine all of these foods together to like consistently hit a fiber target for the day. I just find that that's far more beneficial than having somebody hit an arbitrary like carbohydrate um, number for the day, okay? Or a fat target for the day. Because what unfortunately can happen is people just like, you know, they have their protein, their carbs, their fats. they don't change every day. They're just trying to eat to these three numbers. Before you know it, it's like you're making these Frankenstein fucking meals at the end of the night. and it like to me, that just doesn't teach people a lot. So as we kind of relate this back to like, hey, flexible dieting, like being able to um, not be as neurotic with our food, with our uh, the the data points that we're tracking. I just find that tracking calories protein. And then I'll add fiber in there. It could just be a little bit easier for people to, to comprehend, to get a grasp on. And then, you know, that's also gonna get you 99% of the results as you tracking all the macros and everything else out there. So, um, yeah, man, this is a long introduction here before I'm even getting to any points that I'm trying to make. But again, it, a lot of this requires context and, and why we make some of these decisions and why somebody would maybe embark in trying to like, try and introduce this form of documentation around their food throughout the course of the day. I think all of this helps to like help people rationalize in their brain. Like, Hey, maybe I've had this weird aversion to tracking food because my friend didn't have a good experience. And she, you know, was like trying to eat as little as possible and hit their calories. And, and she just like, didn't do well on it. Like, maybe that's what's going to happen to me. But when you go into this with a different mindset, or maybe you work with somebody in this, like you can get a lot of different things out of that, right? Like I'm not discrediting the people who, try and you know track calories on their own and they read on the, on the internet what their calories should be and they don't know anything else and they just start eating random foods and things and, and then before you know it, they just, they're in a worse place because they didn't have a good foundation point to begin with. That was further fucked up because now they're just trying to eat to this number at the end of the day without understanding why, right? Or, or what um, those calories should, should consist of as you work towards that total calorie range for the day. And uh, I just find that, at least with my coaching, that a lot of people can benefit working with somebody, talking about these things, being somewhat neutral, right? Like having this sense of neutrality around your tracking, not being totally neurotic or fucking uptight, you know, (laughs) person when it comes to tracking all your food. Like, it can be a positive experience. And I've seen that happen over and over again, especially people coming to me where it's like, hey, I've had a terrible experience tracking. I never want to do it again what can we do instead? It's like, okay, great. You know, we could, we could do the plate method and we can talk about, um, portion sizes and we can talk about visually what your plate should look like. And then, um, we can talk about like, Hey, when it comes to eating and like, uh, what you're doing when you're eating, like make sure you get this portion, make sure you're not eating distracted, make sure you're putting your fork down. Like before, you know, we're working on all these habits, which can be great. Um, but, sometimes tracking food is easier than that, right? And, and you can learn a little bit more and, and just just start to appreciate the composition of your diet and, and what we wanna change it to be so that you reach your health goals, but you're also able to sustain that, know why you're doing that, and be more likely able to replicate that going forward without tracking once that, you know, once that eventually comes to be. So, yeah, those are just some things that come to mind of like, why, why do I like tracking? Why do I help people um, why do I help people track their food and what do we get out of that? Like that has a lot to do with it. Okay, among other things, but we're gonna keep it there. So once you start tracking, once you've kind of like brought yourself to being like, hey, I'm gonna document my food, I'm gonna track everything I eat, I'm gonna scan the barcodes, I'm gonna actually weigh my portions and all these things and and look at what four ounces of chicken breasts or salmon looks like. Because again, you thinking you're getting eight ounces or seven ounces of salmon and you're getting three, like that's a big difference as well. So with all this being said, the spectrum of tracking, right? I wanna lean on the side of like, hey, being more intentional, being accurate with this as much as possible, given the resources and the time and everything that we have. But sometimes tracking your food, um, using a food scale, investing in one of those, like looking at what a portion of Uh, you know, uh, uh, raspberries is like, like what a hundred grams is that uh, looks like a fruit that gives you however many grams of fiber, like all things that, again, not being done with the intention of like being super uptight and super perfectionist with everything, but just being like um, almost explorative, right? Like being curious with like, hey, how much have I been eating compared to what it would take to get to what I actually need to be eating? And sometimes there's a there's a big difference between the two and, and tracking food and doing it accurately for a period of time can be the bridge that gaps those two destinations with one another, right? So um, when it comes to what you will likely learn, this is a non-exhaustive list, but some things that I, I've jotted down here that come to mind for me. Um, first and foremost, one, one thing that I think everybody can and will learn when it comes to tracking food is the fact that you are likely eating more than you think you are, okay? And, and this is totally okay. Um, nobody is alone in this, and I bring this up because it's a really important realization that can be really fucking hard to understand until you actually see it, like, on paper, after you see a week's worth of food logs, right? Um in, in eating more than you think can be done in a variety of different ways. Like you underreporting or underestimating how many snacks, what the portion sizes you're eating, what cooking oils, what condiments you're using, right? Like where extra sources of calories are coming in, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Great. Maybe you're somebody who's dialed in. And you're like, hey, when I track my food, I, I meal prep and I weigh everything out and I know what it is. And then you're somebody come Friday, Saturday, Sunday man, you tracking how much your in and out order was with a shake on a Friday night, late night, right? Or you tracking how uh, one slice of a Costco pizza is fucking 650, 700 or more calories, right? Not, not even with ranch or anything alongside it, um, how many calories you could be getting on date nights when you're going and having appetizers, a thing of pasta, and a dessert at the end of the night, right? Like, you will be fucking shocked when you realize that it's very easy and it's very common for you to eat 2,000 or more calories in one sitting on for some of these things, right? And again, I, I'm not gonna sit here and make this blanket assumption for everybody, but it's all relative, right? Like, like the 5-foot, 120-pound lady, you know, like... Hey, maybe that is equivalent to you eating 1200 calories at a single sitting on date night or on Saturday night when you're watching the Super Bowl with your friends. Like like maybe that's what's relevant to you and then there's a guy who's out there eating 3200 calories when they're going bowling with their friends and drinking a ton um eating dinner beforehand, snacking on shit throughout the time and then before you know it it's like, "Oh shit, I ate literally my whole calorie allotment in one certain in one serving." Um and I, I say this again with love and compassion and just a just an appreciation for like, this is likely something that is happening to you whether you know it or not, okay? And like actually seeing that, like understanding that the average meal that you will get away from home is probably gonna be over a thousand calories, upwards 12, 1300 calories on average. Man, it's just mind blowing. And um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of fucked up, you know? But once you acknowledge that and you appreciate that, it could be a lot easier to kind of like actually appreciate, you know, what it might take to, to get to where you want to be or to, to have all these pieces fall into place and you connect the dots looking backwards of like, this is why I haven't been able to lose weight. This is why I've gained five pounds consecutively over the last five years, right? Like every year I gained three to five pounds and now you're ending up 20, 30 pounds heavier than maybe where you once were and you don't feel very good in it. Um, Again, even though maybe you might be dialed in Monday to Thursday, or for three weeks out of the month you're locked in, but then the other you know seven to ten days, like shits all over the place. Like in the food environment that we live in, the frequency in which we choose to eat away from home nowadays. Again, not speaking for everybody, for a large amount of people, man, if you're eating out more than two, three, four times a week, you're eating four meals that aren't prepared at home. You bet your ass that that can skew. Um, you know, this, uh, this calorie scale in, in a direction that maybe you don't want it to right now. Um, now, aside from even th- just eating restaurant food, eating away from home, all these special occasions, there's always going to be a time and place for that. For sure. Your best life probably includes all these nights where you're enjoying yourself, eating the fun foods. Like I don't want to scare people away from indulging and in eating at their favorite steakhouse um, for their anniversary dinner. Like that's not what we're about here. Right. But, um, this also can apply to what you're eating at home, right? Like you mindfully not knowing how many um, fucking salted pretzels and that crack like jalapeno, um, artichoke dip from Costco or other charcuterie boards or cheeses and stuff, like you just mindlessly snacking on that before dinner, man, that could be 450 calories, right? Like you eating chips and salsa every night, you know, you, you not actually appreciating how much pasta you're actually eating and how much cooking oil you're using and how much sauce you're using and what these extra condiments are contributing to your calories, man, like, All of these things, if you weigh for a week or two weeks, you don't have to be neurotic about weighing everything for the rest of your life, but you doing it for a period of time can be, it it could just be very eye-opening to say the least. So um, I start with this because I think this is something that most people will learn, especially done with a coach, especially if you're working on improving your accuracy and you are sitting here and you're trying to be really consistent Like, the more effort you put into it, the more you're likely going to get out of it, the more awareness you're going to build, and then the more you're going to be able to take from that and actually make adjustments on it going forward, okay? So this idea that you're going to be eating more than you think is likely going to apply to a lot of people. Again, there's always outliers. There's always my, you know, uh, physique people or my endurance athletes out there that, like, you know, just munch on a bunch of shit, but their calorie needs are like 3,200 calories for the day and they are actually under eating and they're just not getting a, enough protein some of these things. Yeah. Like those situations happen hundred percent. The chronic yo-yo dieters, right? But like, if you are sitting here and you're looking back at the last year, or the last three years, or even the last week, and you're like, why didn't I lose any weight this week? And you you can like look back on a food log and you can acknowledge that like, oh shit, you know, like, hey, these one or two days a week actually <laughs> were five, 600 plus calories over what I've been trying to eat. And that was just, you know, shoveled dirt back into this hole that I've been trying to dig myself, um, you know, day to day throughout the course of the week. And if somebody is sitting here who has truly been under eating chronically over time, that is not going to be the same person who has, some who, somebody who has gained weight for a period of time over the last year, two years, however many years, right? If you're a chronic yo-yo dieter, you go through these phases where you're chronically under eating or you're um, really intentionally restricting things. And then the other end of the extreme eventually happens and you're binging, you're overeating, you're not compensating for what you're doing, for your lack of uh, um, exercise that you're getting, you're saying yes to everything. Um, and you're doing that yo-yo phase, like, if you're not consistently losing weight, man, you're not in a calorie deficit over time, and that's okay, right? That just means that maybe you're eating in a surplus. Maybe the times that you're not being intentional with your nutrition, you are you are undoing what you were trying to do with a dieting phase or everything else that's going on. Um, and if you're that person sitting here, like tracking food, getting the the wheels on the track, so to speak, and being able to put together a string of days or weeks where you're consistently hitting close to enough protein you're you're understanding hey this is what i'm guessing how many calories my body needs right now so i'm going to try and shoot to that and then you start to build some consistency around that man like like that's how tracking food can also be a benefit to um some people but again you're probably eating more than you think. Like, you're reporting you eating a 1,000 calories for a few days in a row. Like, that doesn't mean a whole lot unless we have the whole week, the whole month, the whole year, like, that we're accounting for as well. And unfortunately, it's a hard pill for some people to swallow because, man, we don't want it to be... We don't want the blame to be on ourselves. Like, in a perfect world, there's always something we could point the finger at and that we can offload our responsibility onto somebody or something else. But, man, sometimes... Sometimes we just kind of have to to look in the mirror and just be able to like have this, you know, like almost this radical acceptance for like, hey, you know, I'm not where I want to be. That's okay. I want to be somewhere better, but I'm not going to shame myself into doing that or hate myself into a new body, right? That never works. Like meeting yourself where you're at, being honest with yourself, not lying to yourself anymore. Man, that's just a a, um, a benefit that can come from tracking your food for a period of time. So that was a long that was a long-winded uh, you know little first point that we're talking about here but a lot of people they're gonna track and you're gonna be eating more than you fucking think okay The second one I have on here is you are drinking more than you think. you are drinking more calories at least than you think. This is a judgment free zone seriously um, and if you've lived, if you've followed me on Instagram you, uh, listen to my content, you uh, listen to the podcast, like you'll know that I'm not completely anti alcohol and I'm not sitting up here saying I'm completely sober and I haven't had a drink for three years. Cause that's a fucking lie too. Um, I, I selectively drink. I have a whole couple podcasts on alcohol, what it can do to you. My experience, not drinking for five or six months. I think it was a year or two ago. Um, my relationship is, with alcohol has changed a lot. Part of that has been due to what I found when I was tracking how much I was drinking, what the calories were from um, the alcohol that I was consuming, what else I was eating in addition to the alcohol that I was drinking. It's just just a, a big realization moment for me when I could see on paper, it's like, hey, three, four drinks for me was five, 600 calories at least, right? On top of something that I would argue is kind of difficult sometimes to maintain um, your maintenance calorie range just innately, right? Without alcohol, like getting enough calories, eating all these foods, getting enough plants, getting enough like complex carbohydrates, getting enough protein sources, having some of these fun foods. Like it's not difficult to fit in your maintenance calorie range, but alcohol can make that a fuck ton harder, right? Especially if you're trying to cut or lose weight and you're still trying to fit Six hundred calories of alcohol in per week. Fuck, even two hundred calories from alcohol. A couple glasses of wine or one glass of wine. Man, like you trying to live a twenty-two hundred calorie lifestyle um, on sixteen hundred calories is going to be really difficult, and, and alcohol makes that harder. Um, I'm not going to just bash on alcohol. And I, what I wanted to say about myself too is like s- selectively. I, I know when I'm going to drink. I can control how much I want to drink when I have those opportunities presented to myself, it doesn't happen very frequently, um, but I'm in a good place with alcohol, I have a good relationship with it, and I'm able to kind of decipher when and when I don't want to drink on some of those things. And sometimes removing yourself from drinking alcohol uh, for a period of time can really help you, again, just like reassess your relationship with it, how often you drink, how you feel when you don't drink, because a lot of people will have some really cool takeaways of like, damn, I feel a lot better. I sleep a lot better. I don't feel like a fucking bag of shit. Um, The day after I drink, right, I have better workouts. I'm always more hydrated. I have better energy. Um, A lot of things can come from you saying no to alcohol for a period of time, let alone the amount of calories that you are saving from not drinking as well. Um, But I I don't want to just hammer the alcohol here in general. Like if you're sitting here drinking like regular Gatorades for fun, right? Or you're um, drinking a soda every day or when you go out to um, hang out with your friends or when you go out to dinner or you're somebody that drinks, you know, uh, unknowingly two servings, three servings of juice a day, right? Not saying that all these liquid calories are bad, but for most people, Drinking your calories is just not a good plan, right? And again, whether you're an athlete, you're drinking electrolyte, carbohydrate mixes, you're working out for 90 minutes, you're timing all these things, like of course there's a place for that, right? Um, And again, I'm not saying you to, to, to never drink any calories ever again. Like you having some juice or having something as a mid-afternoon pick-me-up and that's what you use um, maybe before you go into a workout and you're using that as some simple carbs for uh, your resistance training workout. Like, man, there's there's a lot of situations where these things can be beneficial for sure. And, you know, Gatorades, like they're meant to have carbs in them. They're meant to have added sugar in them. They're meant to have salt and potassium and some of these other other electrolytes. Um, But man, people just casually... F- fucking working from home or working it at, uh, yeah, working in an office, picking up Starbucks, getting all these extra drinks with extra calories in. The problem with that it's is they're 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 not satiating calories. They're often like high in sugar calories, which usually paired with like um, no food or you know lack of being paired with food. You're not getting enough protein. Like you're just drinking. Fucking coffee and sugar to start your morning, and you're not doing anything else. You're not drinking any water. You're not eating alongside it. You have one or two of those, right? Or you stop and you get a a drink or whatever it is. Like those empty calories can add up, especially if you're doing it daily, and especially if you have no idea, uh, you know, uh, about anything else that you're doing throughout the course of the day. And for you tracking sometimes what your morning coffee is at your Starbucks. Right. And then maybe you're like, Hey, maybe I could do some of these sugar-free alternatives. I can follow the macro barista and and I can get my morning coffee from 220 calories down to 80. Like that's a big deal. Right. But like tracking can help you justify why you're doing that in the first place. Right. Same with some of these other drinks. Like, Hey, maybe I'm just going to get the diet sodas every single time I get a soda from here on out. Um, because, man, we have something that tastes like the soda that I like that has no calories. Like, that's, to me, a no-brainer. Um, also, drinking and, and adding calories to the drinks that you have, the alcohol that you have could be something that goes by the wayside once you appreciate the fact that, like, hey, I get this normal margarita. It's 350 calories a pop. Maybe I'll get the skinny one, and it's only 120 or 140. And for me, like, that's a good trade-off in acknowledging that I'm going to do this anyway, but I could make it a little bit better. But man, when you track for a period of time and you track the liquid calories that you're getting, it can be alarming just to see how much extra calories are coming in that could just make all of this a lot more difficult to manage your calories. Um, Yeah, and just uh, making adjustments from there could be a, a real benefit for a lot of people. Like I know people who drink energy drinks or soda every day or whatever it was. And they just went to the diet version of that and they lost 20 pounds, like fucking that, you know, like that's possible for some people. And you might be sitting here like, Hey, maybe I'm going to get rid of, yeah, my morning sugary coffee. I'm going to get rid of this drink that I have at lunch. And then I'm going to stop drinking as much on the weekends. And before you know it, it's like, damn, I'm saving 700 to 2000 extra calories a week, depending on how much you're drinking some of these things. So I digress. I digress. But yeah, you you'd be surprised how easy it is to drink a thousand to two thousand calories on top of what you're eating throughout the course of the week if you're not mindful about it. Awesome. The third point I have here is for fat loss, also weight gain, maintain your weight. It's always going to come down to calories in and calories out. Okay. Full stop. You know, there's a lot of uh there's been debates, there's been people bringing up different proposed mechanisms of how people gain weight, but man, we're, we're looking at the laws of thermodynamics here, right? And you, you cannot add mass onto your body um, without eating in an energy surplus, right? Same as you cannot, you know, you cannot lose weight if you are eating more than what your body is burning every day, Okay. And and the key to you losing weight consistently over time is eating less than what your body is burning, right? And there's a lot of inputs that go into that, of course, but calories fucking matter, okay? And when you track food, you see how many calories you're eating, going back to points one and two here. Um, And again, I have to to take a step back and say that you do not have to track to lose weight, right? Or to gain weight or to do whatever it is that you want to do. But just know that the calories still matter, whether you track them or not, okay There's a lot of different strategies that you can see out there. sometimes it's uh, just time restricted feeding, right? like if we're talking about weight loss, people you know closing their eating window, talk about intermittent fasting, only eating for six hours you know in a given day or alternate day fasting, whatever it is, that can be a form of calorie restriction, right But the primary method in which those things work, those time restricted time-restricted feedings work is by making you eat less calories than what you would be doing normally, right? And that is an adherence tool that can work for some people, okay? It's nothing magic about fasting that is causing weight loss. It's about you reducing the amount of calories that you're eating. The second kind of thing that you will see a lot is just macronutrient reduction or cutting out or really limiting one of the macronutrients, usually being carbs. Like, you don't see a ton of low-fat people anymore. That ship's kind of sailed, but low carb is still alive and well, keto is alive and well, right? And you completely like eliminating a whole macronutrient food group. Of course, that's going to cut back on the amount of calories that you are consuming daily, right? But it's not because you magically cutting out carbs is contributing to this whole fat loss that you're seeing or weight loss that you're seeing. Um, If you are not eating in an energy deficit, if you're not eating in a calorie deficit and you cut out carbs, like... (laughs) You're not going to lose weight, right? And I've seen that plenty of times where people think, oh, I just don't eat any carbs or anything related to carbs. I could eat all the ribeye steaks and the fucking eggs and the butter and the bullet coffee and um, the avocado and all these oils and bacon. And before you know it, like people can gain weight by doing keto because they're still eating more than what their body is burning. So just because you cut out a whole macronutrient group does not mean that you're automatically going to lose weight. But people who do that can find some success alongside that because they're better able to manage their calories, right? Hopefully you're following along with this. and then there's like this flexible dieting approach that you'll see what we're talking about today, tracking food, understanding that all foods can fit, right? Like you having a total calorie range that your body is, you know, burning day to day throughout the course of the week, you eating at, under, or over that, you know, you can do that by fitting in the fun foods, right? Like this 80 20 rule that you'll see, like 80% of the time, we're eating whole foods, we're eating our protein sources, we're eating our fiber, our plants. You know, all the foods that we can make in the kitchen, things that are maybe more, uh, more or less processed, right? I'm using that word lightly because like protein powder is ultra processed by definition. But that could be a really cool beneficial thing that people can rely on when they're losing weight or trying to get enough protein in every day. But you know what I mean? Like the chips ahoy, the fucking Oreos, the ice cream, all the chips, the crackers, all the shit that you keep in your pantry or you see in the grocery aisles at the store those things we cut back on. But if you have it 10, 20% of the time throughout the course of the week, you can still eat, you know, uh, you can still eat all those foods, even daily, your chocolates, your cookies, or whatever, as long as you're fitting it within this calorie range. Right. And that's where food tracking, in my opinion, can shine because it can teach people that like, Hey, I don't have to completely cut out carbs to like, you know, uh, lose weight, but to also maintain my weight and still hit my fitness goals. Right. It can be more enjoyable for some people, honestly, for most people in my experience, same thing with like fasting, right? Like doing something. I was like, Hey, I don't have to like only eat four hours a day, you know, which unfortunately like leads to binging more often than not for most people. Um, the people who like fasting won't tell you that. Um, and the people who tried fasting that didn't succeed on it also won't tell you that that's why, Bringing it up in these types of conversations I think is important. I'm not shitting on fasting again, but just acknowledging that, like, calories matter. And that's really what I'm trying to get at here. And you could be flexible with your nutrition as long as you're hitting these calories consistently. And that is what's going to drive fat loss, okay? None of the, like, insulin resistance model or hormones are the only... Uh, you have to get your hormones in check, and that's the only thing that can dictate fat loss. Like, all these other theories, these things that people say, you know man, just run, because those are usually the people that are so tied up into their little uh, <laughs> camp. They're just so tribalistic with everything. Um, those are usually the scary people that we need to kind of uh, veer away from in the fitness space. And um, acknowledging that calories exist, acknowledging that that is what is going to drive fat loss, what's going to drive muscle gain, what's going to drive you you know, maintaining your weight over time, it's really important. And that's what you can learn by tracking food for a period of time. And you can learn how to fit all of these things, you know, into a day's worth of eating. But again, enjoying the, the you know, butter and bread that you like to have with your meal every single night, like 100% that could fit, right? But what does is, what is the t- totality of your day look like? And how can we make that fit is kind of what tracking calories can help us do. I have another point here. I was going to gloss over it, but I still think it's important because it kind of fits into like, hey, total calories matter, but the composition of those calories is just as as important, if not more important sometimes. Uh, And I'm not gonna say more important, right? Um, People can eat perfectly clean, super healthy, all the healthiest fats and fruits and vegetables, and you can still gain weight if you're eating in a surplus, right? So like understanding that the composition of your calories is still important. um, When you track for a period of time, what I've noticed and what I've kind of noticed with my clients is the things that you eat will massively impact how much you want to eat and how frequently you can eat. So again, calories matter here, but what you eat is a pretty good indicator of how much you'll eat. If you have a plate, low on protein, no plant source, no fiber, um, predominantly carbs, uh, imagine yourself sitting at like Olive Garden right now, okay? Bear with me. I know I don't love Olive Garden either, but man, you sit and you're looking at your fettuccine Alfredo, you're eating your never-ending pasta bowl man, if you don't have any salad, you didn't eat anything, any protein with any of those things, like it's going to be incredibly easy to just eat and load up on some of these, like, uh, you know, lower satiating, sometimes higher processed foods, more calorie dense foods. And if you're not eating enough fiber, if you're not eating enough protein, you're not getting enough of these like um, really important, like satiating um, types of nutrients throughout the course of the day, man, you're, you're probably going to overeat or it's going to be easier for you to overeat because you can overeat on the foods that don't fill you up as much. Um, And it could just contribute to this whole like, oh man, I'm just eating more than I want and I'm having a hard time doing it. I don't know why. Or you eating to a calorie range, you eat a lot of carbs, you eat a lot of fat, right? But you don't have enough protein, you don't have enough plants in there and you're still hungry because you're not really full, right? Like I think we've all felt that before at some level of like, damn, like I could eat three more servings of this, but I've eaten to my calorie range for the day. And like, you know, I'm also 45 grams under on my protein for the day. Um, there, the, the, what you eat alongside, uh, with what you track is still important. And I just, uh, I just want people to appreciate that. Like, Hey, just cause calories are King here. Does not mean the composition of what we're eating is important, which goes back to like, Hey, can we meet some of these minimum requirements for all the things that we're eating? And that can just have a massive impact on how much you eat, how frequently you eat, the likelihood of you overeating in some of these situations, just having more control and more feel around some of the foods that you're getting on a day-to-day basis. Next one I have is getting in a routine helps so much, like more than you know, okay? If you're, um, if you're somebody that's sitting here and you're like, I just like eating different stuff at different times of the day every day, man, like this shit is going to be a little bit harder than it needs to be, okay? Um, from what we know, at least in the research, ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone, tends to um, increase or spike around our habitual um, meal patterns, right? So if we're sitting here, you eat breakfast around a normal time, you eat lunch around a normal time, you eat dinner around a normal time, maybe you have another snack, you do that consistently, like your body will catch on to that and we'll start to get hungry around those times, right? It's just like, adapting and learning according to what you're giving it and what you're doing throughout the day. If you're somebody that eats breakfast, lunch, and dinner at a different time every day, something different every single day, like there's a good chance your hunger and satiety hormones are going to be a little out of whack and you might be peaking or having more hunger, which might lead to you overeating or reaching for something or giving in to the donuts at work and not having as much control around food. Like like those situations you can see pretty often for people who are really inconsistent around their meal timing. So you will notice that if you track food, like eating around the same times throughout the course of the day, getting a minimum minimum amount of nutrients in those meals at or before certain points of the day can really help you feel better throughout the course, you know, of your eating pattern as we look at a day-to-day basis, but over the course of the week, which can make a big impact on how you feel, how you control yourself around food, and the likelihood of you being able to adhere to what you know, what targets you might be shooting for. Um, and just also eating to feel good, right? Like eating to, to feel good at the end of the day, instead of being a ravenous fucking monster and ready to eat your arm off come 6 PM. Cause you didn't eat breakfast or lunch that day, you know? Nice. Next one I have is it's all about averages. Okay. Got to remember this with exception to protein at some level, like your body needs a certain amount of protein every day. Okay, so that's why shooting for a protein goal daily is important. But that's why our calories we could be a little bit more flexible with. Like you, you'll see calorie cycling. You'll see carb cycling, where um, it's like it's like calorie cycling. But your carbohydrates usually are like um, you know the modulating macronutrient that you can change, increase, decrease, and then hit a, a higher, or lower calorie range. But calorie cycling essentially being like, hey, if I look at the totality of my week, let's just say that my target calories per day is like 2,000. That over seven days is 14,000 calories, right? So if we we still end up at 14,000 calories a day, that might look like, hey, Monday to Friday... Maybe I'm eating 1800 calories a day, right? Or 1750 calories a day. And then on the weekends, maybe it's 2300 on both of those days. And as long as your average is at 14,000, like you are going to see the same progress over time. Okay. It's not a day-to-day thing where you have to be perfect every single day, which can be cool, right? So if you go over one day, it's like, Hey, no big deal. I can either just factor this in for the week. Maybe I'm not going to lose as much or, or, you know, just change my perception of what I'm going to see at the end of the week. Or you can alternate or change what you do the next day in response to that, right? Or you can plan ahead. It's like, hey, I know habitually I'm eating more calories, I'm seeing more people, I'm doing more things on the weekend. Maybe I'm gonna account for that during the week when it's easier for me to eat a little bit less and it hits some of these targets so I can have a little bit more wiggle room and a, better, a bigger cushion come weekend time, right? Just a small example, but like you tracking daily, but then looking at weekly averages, and then looking at like month to month trends is what is going to be in your best interest. And the people who get fixated on every single day, all my people who step on the scale every day and let that dictate your emotions in the moment for the rest of your day, dictate your actions. Like it's, it's very similar, right? Like we want to, we want to just be, um, at a level or like this baseline level of neutrality when it comes to some of these things. And if we go under or, or, uh, over some of these days, just appreciating the fact that, Hey, how does this fit into the bigger picture? And that can be just really enlightening. Um, again, if you're somebody who's tried tracking calories in the past, for example, and you, you know, had a 1200 calorie, 1400 calorie target and you went over for the day, like that probably ruined your day. Right. Or that led you to saying, fuck it. And then you're going to start Monday again. Like these are the things that can improve adherence, improve, um, just your enjoyment from this whole process alone and kind of prep you for life without tracking eventually because that should be part of the goal, okay? So remember, it's all about averages, especially with calories. Look at your averages for the week. That is going to dictate, you know, what is happening on the scale, what's happening with your progress. Um, But that's something that you can learn when you track food of like, hey, I had some inconsistent days. Every day wasn't the same, but I still hit my weekly target at the end of the week. And I still saw the same progress. Like, that could be really uplifting for a lot of people. Cool. A couple more here. Um, yeah. Nuts and nut butters. And if you've ever tracked food or have you seen the calorie content in some of these things... Man, it's frustrating as hell, but uh, portion sizes of nuts are fucking stupid, okay? Like five macadamia nuts is 100 calories or something crazy. Um, even a quarter cup of walnuts, right? Like if you're not careful and you're just munching on walnuts all day, like you could straight up be eating 800 calories from nuts alone, right? Without you even knowing. Um, I think the, the standard um serving size for peanut butter is two tablespoons. If you've ever measured out what two two tablespoons or however many grams that is of peanut butter, you will be shocked. Like there's a good chance that you're probably having three or four times the amount of that portion size, which again can equate to like, oh shit, I'm having 450 calories instead of this 120 that I thought I would. Okay. So alongside with everything we've talked about, just the awareness piece, being familiar with what portion sizes are. Um, what you're doing, what you need to change, right? And not saying that you can't have five servings of peanut butter, right? Of course you can, but just uh, appreciating the fact that like, hey, these types of foods are gonna yield more calories per serving than some of these other things. And then just being able to fit all those things in together is, um, yeah, just a a really cool thing that I think can come from tracking your food for a while. And then the last thing I wrote down here is uh, you are eating more than you think. Uh, I already said that, I've said it a trillion times on this podcast, but man, I just keep coming back to it. Like you track your food, like you'd be surprised how much you're actually eating right now. That's at least how I felt. That's when I bring on a new client, somebody who's never tracked before and we start tracking food. Like usually the first observation is like, damn, I'm, I'm eating and drinking a lot more than I actually thought I was. So tracking again is not for everybody. It's not for every situation. It's definitely something for, oh man, it's uh man, I'm loosely going to say that I I think everybody at some level could benefit from tracking just to build awareness, just to focus on building on some of these principles, learning these principles, learning about how much protein you need, learning about calories and how much you're eating and how much you get from some of these, you know, types of meals that you're eating at home or away from home and learning about portion sizes. Like, man, we could talk for two hours about this and all the things that you could learn from food tracking. But I, I I hope some of these things hit home a little bit. I hope if you've been on the fence about tracking and you feel like you want to take the next step, I hope you, I hope you feel confident thinking about what you're going to be looking for when you start tracking. Maybe you've, maybe you're somebody who's had a terrible experience with tracking and, and you never thought you were going to do it again. And listening to this is now kind of like turning those wheels in your head again. Like, Hey, maybe the last time I did, it was in a terrible mindset. It was really unhealthy. Um, and trying it this different way can and will yield me a different outcome. Like, If any of these things happen, like that's kind of what this podcast was for. And I, um, I realized that I said that we're going to talk about how to be flexible with, you know, your nutrition and how to um, eventually ease off of tracking in the future. I'm going to save that for another podcast because I realized that I'm already fucking approaching an hour again here. Um, So I'll, I'll pin that for another podcast in the future because we have to remember that tracking is a tool, right? It's a means to a destination, Everybody, in my opinion, should get to a point where tracking is no longer part of the plan or uh, the plan going forward does not have tracking involved in it, or at least to a lesser extent, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be sitting here tracking all my food when I'm 80 years old. Like, that's just not something anybody should be striving for. So at some level, we have to appreciate the, the, you know, food tracking app that we're, you know, using what data we're getting from it but at some point you learn what you need to learn and then you remove that and you continue on life with fucking out it, okay? And, and too many people get caught up in this mindset of like, I'm gonna start tracking, but then I, I'll I just have to track forever. So I'm not even gonna start in the first place. It's like, you should always have the, the impression that, hey, tracking is temporary and this is going to help me get to a place where I feel confident uh, proceeding on in, in life and eating and, 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 and being healthy without this thing Always like being in the back of my head or without tracking every single meal that I have. And that can be difficult, but man, when done in the right headspace, when learning about what you're doing while you're tracking, implementing that, making changes, like chances are you can get to a point in your life where you can remove tracking and you don't feel completely naked and you feel good because of it. And yeah, that's kind of what we're trying to get at here. It's very similar to like my Aura Ring episode. It's like, you can only learn so much and utilize so much data uh, until you actually need to remove it and get on with your fucking life without it. Too many people, again, just think that this is going to be built into their lives forever. And I just don't, I just don't think that that's what we should be striving for. That's not the message that I'm trying to get across here. And I just, uh, I want, I want people to appreciate the fact that this is and, and should be temporary. Okay. Which could make it more enticing, more beneficial, um, just a better overall experience because you know that this isn't something that you have to do forever so you can put more time, attention, and effort into it uh, and get the most that you can from it, okay? So I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave you guys on that note. I appreciate you as always for listening to the episode. I've got a handful of guests coming up here in the next few weeks or month or two that I'm really excited about. And as always, Uh, remember to eat with a purpose, train with intention and think with confidence as you work towards your nutrition and fitness goals. I'll see you on the next episode and uh, hope you have a good one. Peace. Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you found value and enjoyed it, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media. If you do, make sure you tag me so I can say thanks. Or if you're on iTunes, scrolling down and leaving a five-star review would be much appreciated. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Instagram at LukeSmithRD. Thanks again for tuning in and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode.